Welcome to the Finding Backcountry Podcast with your host, Dustin Whitwer. I am Dustin Whitwer, and this is the Finding Backcountry Podcast. Follow along on my journey of learning from the best backcountry hunters each week as we explore valuable information I use to find success in the backcountry. Let's get to the show. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Finding Backcountry Podcast. This is coming at you remote during <clears throat> little holiday season down with uh, the family southern utah and just awesome time of year took you know a few days off of work uh doing all the right things spending time with family and hopefully you did too or you are or um yeah just good good time of year to take a step back from everything that doesn't really matter and do all the family things. So, and, uh, especially this year, this was, this was different because like I, I should have already released the episode, uh, announcing (laughs) that my wife was pregnant. Uh, may, maybe I haven't. And, but I think I got that episode out first. And so that was, big news that it was about the time to start you know they all knew that we were my wife was pregnant they just didn't know the the gender that it was going to be a boy and so we did the whole announcement in front of the families and stuff like that that we talked about so uh what i didn't say is when she was due which is uh relatively good timing you know you see these guys that their wives get pregnant and they're you know trying to have babies in September and October and that's just not not good timing but now she's due uh June 5th I think so that'll be fun good time of year other than maybe a bear hunt that I'll sneak out for hopefully before after and I know all the all the guys who've already gone through it are like yeah right dude and any ladies listening are rolling their eyes but (laughs) we'll see what listen we live so far away that I'm expecting, you know, nonstop family probably coming up to visit, you know, this week and the next week and the next week and whatever, once the kid's born that maybe, maybe they won't even know I'm gone. Maybe I'll just sneak out the back (laughs) and take off and go bear hunt for a few days while my in-laws or my family's up there or something. We'll see. Uh, Announced the hunty in. You know, if you didn't catch that, go back and listen to that episode. And, you know, I just, I want to say too, after, you know, kind of processing that and, you know, really what this is, really what the hunting is, is just another way to bring as much value as possible and just in an organized way, in an organized place, whether it's written with you know a hunt stories or blogs uh links to these podcast episodes uh places to link youtube hunt film videos short gear reviews um 
you know, any, and anything in between. And, you know, with that, it was also, so that's the, that's the core of it. The nucleus is, you know, it's just a home, a website that's got links, you know, kind of the, the center, uh, hub on a wheel and all these spokes coming off and, and those spokes are, you know, different forms of content that I hope is valuable. And, and the idea would be that it's generally that content is always going to be free and accessible. <clears throat> um, now, you know, the, the other core reason that this was came about that we talked about was, you know, I think that I think there's room. I think that it's overdue in the in the hunting world specifically for you know another or more or or you know uh pieces of content that can truly say that they're unbiased and unsponsored. I mean I mean truly, right? I mean we're <clears throat> we may always work at certain places or we may have our own companies that are, you know, somewhat tied in or something, but for the most part, you know, especially if it's just backpack hunting gear, hunting gear in general, you know, <clears throat> whatever it ends up being, but, you know, from boots to packs to clothing to all the core things, optics and stuff like that, um, this will be a home for, for that, for unbiased, you know, I just, um, <clears throat> I'm just as sick as I assume everyone else is of, you know, the feelings and the, and the, the obvious, the blatant, you know, the blatant, like, wool that's trying to be pulled over everyone's eyes, so to speak, uh, when someone, you know, with a following just because they have 10,000 followers or 50,000 followers or whatever, it doesn't matter the amount, you know, but they make these blatant, you know, almost insulting <laughs> comments of, Oh, this is, you know, this is the best, or, you know, this is the only option for this. Or if you don't chew big red, then, you know, F you. <laughs> and so, you know, that's just kind of the feel, you know, is the, listen, as the market matures and the internet matures and social media matures, um, you know, there, it'll find its way. And, and, and what I mean by that is, you know, if, if I'm right, if I'm right, then we should get, continue to get more attention, right? If I'm right, then what we're doing will have some merit. If I'm right, then this, then this is the pure way to get content to people and again, not that I don't have ulterior motives, but it does, it won't affect, um, you know, the, the information that's presented, right. Uh, you know, I, I have my backpack food business, of course, you know, I'm not stupid and I don't think you're stupid either. If you're listening to this, you've heard it and I've already plugged it and I try to, you know, provide value on these episodes, extreme value relative to the free 99 that it costs you to listen. But, you know, I'm also going to to, uh, pedal, you know, my couple little things. Right. Um, and so I'm not, I'm not, I, I give you more credit than that. I assume that you understand that, you know, I have, you know, these, 
I have, and my brother has these little, you know, maybe side businesses or whatever you want to call them, side hustles, things that we do that will orbit this, you know, these platforms and, and feed off of them. But that's, that to me is, is different. And that's why I liked this model is it didn't, you know, if I, cause I, I could let, let me lay out another, you know, I know that if we pumped content, like we're about to, uh, and get the eyeballs and the ears and the, you know, whatever that we're probably about to companies would write really big checks to be a part of that. Right. I've had them offer, you know, over, over the years of not really trying to organize it as much as we will. And I've had companies try to write the checks, you know, or, or give the gear or whatever. And, and sometimes we did just only because it aligned with what we were already going to do anyway. And that's a common line right there, right? Like, oh, this is gear that I would use anyway. And sometimes that's true. And sometimes it's not, but this is going to even migrate from that, right? This is going to migrate from, you know, Hey, we partnered with this company, uh, because we're already using their stuff and we love it anyway. This is going to migrate from that where, you know, we're not partnered with anybody. Um, this will be completely purely independent and allow us to be independent, unsponsored, unbiased. And I think that that there is always a place for that. Um, whether you, whether you like my opinion, <laughs> whether you agree with me, you probably won't all the time. Whether you think I'm right, think I'm wrong, think I review a gear wrong, think I have a weird uh, opinion or whatever. One thing that you can, you can be sure of is that no, there's no, <laughs> there is no uh, hand in my pocket, nobody affecting my opinion. It is just mine because of me. And that's, that is the number one goal of this. So again, not to go any further on this, but if you, if that even sounds like something that you're interested in, if you're already someone who, you know, has, you know, let me define the type of person that I'm looking for to, to pump content for us. Um, that, that we'll pay, right? We'll pay for the content. Um, if you, <clears throat> if you've been doing this a while, right? If you've put, you know, if let's talk big game hunting, if you, if you know how to hunt and find big bucks, big bulls, you know, if you've shot a handful of, um, quote unquote trophy, you know, or high age class animals, if you've hunted in multiple States, if you, you know, pr primarily DIY, you know how to get after it. Um, you know, and, the, and then the whole, you know, the, the other forms of hunting that we're completely interested in, I'm just not the expert on them, obviously, or I might be doing it myself. But, you know, if you're, if you've trained bird dogs, if you, you know, if that's what you live for, you know, is duck hunting, uh, you know, any form of, of hunting, if you're a, uh, if you're the coyote, uh, calling predator hunting expert, why right? we want your content. We want it, all of that. Um, you know, if you've ran dogs for years, if you, you know, if bear hunting is your thing, um, anyway, we're, we're looking for guys who, who not only have that, ex the experience and that experience that I'm talking about similar to myself, right? I'm, you know, I'm not an expert on a lot of different types of hunting. I've never been to Alaska. I've never hunted Africa. Um, 
you know, I've never hunted sheep myself. I, I've had a U tag that was a kind of a joke how I even killed one. But, you know, there's a lot of forms of hunting that I don't uh, claim to be an expert on. And yet there's, there's a lot of, you know, backcountry and mule deer, elk hunting, whether it's September or November, you know, I can get it done, right? I have complete confidence in myself, go toe to toe. You know, not that it's a competition per se, but like just my experience level and my expertise and what I can do, go toe to toe with anybody. I'm not, I'm not afraid to say that. Right. So anyway, if you're that person in any of those categories and more importantly, almost, or, or just as importantly, you align with, with the core principles that I was talking about earlier, right. You think that there, there should be an outlet, um, you know, a more organized and professional place where you know honest gear reviews that aren't affected by you know company sponsorship dollars and you're sick and tired of you know quote unquote social media influencers you know driving the you know the idea that this has to this is the one to use or that's the one to use just because you know this company's writing them and obviously writing them a check on the back end or providing them with an insane amount of gear or whatever it is you know, or just because they have their, you know, they put their uh, name and, you know, signature on their supplement product that, you know, that they say that's the one to use or whatever the case is, right? And again, go back and listen to the episode with Jason and I, we, we've been there. Like, we haven't been that, you know, that deep uh, as like our own sponsored line or anything like that. But, you know, we've been there. We got a check. We got a check from a company, right? We got plenty of gear, plenty of free gear, whatever. So anyway, if, if, but if that core idea resonates with you, then, then we'll get along and we can, you know, I think that we'll, uh, all be a part of the same movement here. If you've got the expertise, if you like to write, if, if you like to, uh, be on video camera, if you like to, um, you know, podcast, I, I love the podcasting platform. If you, uh, you know, any of those forms of media, uh, or medium, so to speak, if you're comfortable with any of those and you have the expertise and the experience and you align with those thoughts, we, we can talk. Um, you know, I may get one person, I may get a hundred people interested. Uh, but one thing I didn't say is where to send or contact me. If you can't or don't, find me on social media, which should be easy on Instagram at Dustin Whitwer, um, or at eventually at, at the Huntian, which was the old team backcountry page on Instagram. Then you can email me Dustin at the Huntian.com. That's already live. Uh, D U S T I N at T H E H U N T I A N.com. The Huntian.com. So I would love to hear from you. You know, you don't have to send a formal resume, but, you know, just reach out and then we'll go from there and we can chat it through or I'll ask you for, you know, certain info or whatever. <clears throat> All right. Enough of that. The main idea of this podcast was I'm going to run through a 2024 projection or rundown of, you know, a kind of uh, the states in general and, and then B or more importantly, kind of how just a real brief, like how I approach that state and how I utilize their point system, whether they have one or not, or whether I apply there, whether I don't, what species, why 
just kind of what I'm doing in each state and why I'm doing it and specifically going into 2024. So first of all, let me start with last year in mind because 2023 was, it was a weird year. Um, you know, I'm there in Wyoming, so I obviously get a good, you know, historically good deer tag and a generally good general elk tag over the counter. So that was about all I had. I did the only tag that I actually drew was also in Wyoming. It was an antelope tag. Maybe. Uh, <clears throat> hydrate up with some white monster. So I did have one draw tag and, but it was an antelope here in Wyoming. So it was like, you know, I didn't even really, and I'm a terrible antelope hunter as far as trophy hunting. So I, <laughs> I always consider antelope hunting takes or should be allocated one day <laughs> about how much time I gave it and tipped over a buck. I probably shouldn't have shot, but that was, those are the rules. <clears throat> so you know, the combination of not drawing like any out-of-state tags and then also coupled with the fact that, you know, mule deer herds, which is what I primarily spent my time worrying about this last year, you know, they're basically demolished in Wyoming. And, and it wasn't quite as bad as that or as that I make it sound because, you know, the places where I was hunting, there was, there was deer, there was bucks. There was what some people would call mature bucks, I guess, you know, three and a half. I doubt I saw a four and a half year old deer. Um, but, you know, it still, it just, it left, oh, it left me looking forward to 2024 before 2023 even ended. Um, and so, you know, I still managed a few hunting trips and along with, you know, some of the early season scouting trips that I'd gone on. And so I got out, you know, plenty of times, but 2023 was pretty rough. And especially for mule deer in Wyoming, that was basically what I had. So that being said, upward, onward, <clears throat> it's that time of year though, where I, listen, I almost find more joy and have more passion for the application season than I do actually hunting the tag sometimes it feels like. You know, not really, but hunting tags is sometimes type two fun, right? So you're meaning you're not really having any fun per se while you're, you know, busting your hump to get backpacked in somewhere. And, you know, then you kill something and you got to hump it out. I mean, you know, even the, so the, the one, two, three things that I did kill this year is I killed a bear while I was deer hunting. And that was not fun. I was nine miles deep and had to pack a bear and all my camp out on my back and you know so at the time i if you'd like definitely have more more type one fun um while i'm researching and applying for hunts than than i did packing that bear out but obviously after the fact that you know that type two fun is all, always fun to look back on but um listen regardless i love the pre this pre-application kind of planning especially like you know, my, my bonus points have begun to accumulate in a lot of states just kind of without thinking about it over the years, right? Obviously, that's that's what happens. You do this long enough, and now I've got 6, 8, 10, 12, 15 points in some places. Um, and, you know, <clears throat> despite not drawing tags most years, I feel that, you know, overall, I have a pretty aggressive um, 
application strategy, I, w- I would call it. Now, that just means, you know, I put my name in a lot of draws across the West, a lot of draws across the West. Uh, last time I remember kind of jotting it down, it was seven or eight Western states. I can't remember. And, you know, almost seems like as many as I can apply for in most of those states, not every, but most of them. So it ends up being 35 or 40 apps that I'm in, which I would consider is really aggressive across the West in general. Uh, you know, most of those apps, that being said, most of those apps are for harder to draw trophy quality units, so to speak. And so, uh, that does keep my success of drawing them relatively low, but I'm, I'm aggressive as far as putting my name in the hat. So, by this time of year, I've taken, I've already taken inventory and basically divided, you know, maybe not formally, but at least in my head, I've divided my apps into a few different buckets. Um, <laughs> Jason started something this year that I, I at first I was like, oh, this is kind of weird, but then I'm like, oh, who, you know, why not? Right. We started this family, uh, Excel sheet type thing for our, all of our bonus points. And it's just a place where, you know, all the family, me, uh, my wife, Jason, his wife, my dad, my mom, you know, anybody else that had points, I think that's about it. But, you know, they, we just tallied up all of our family's points and just, you know, everybody had their column and it was just a place to organize and kind of see. Cause again, now we're getting to the point where like, oh, you know, my wife, for example, has points here and there and places. And I'm like, well, what, okay. And, and it's, t- but you have to start that process of dividing and seeing, you know, the kind of the whole group, not, not that I let Jason's apps affect what I put in for usually, but you know, it's just, it was just nice to kind of see like where everyone was at and maybe what my dad's going to be applying for and what Jen's going to apply for and what I'm going to apply for and all that. Cause you could kind of get a feel. And then I started color coding each species within each state of like, Hey, this is one that I'm aggressively going after. This is one I'm not going to apply for. I'm going to do points only. This is one I'm going to apply, but re- very, very small chance I would draw. So it's, you know, it's a different color. So you see all these, you know, it looked like just a a rainbow of all these different uh, colors on a spreadsheet. It was kind of a different way to look at it. But so that's the first thing, though, is, you know, I've taken and kind of divided most of my apps into a few of those buckets that I just mentioned. Uh, you know, first one would be like, and these are just the general ones, but you know, what do I have a hundred percent chance of drawing? And, and like, you know, what, what do I a hundred percent want to go hunt? Right. Um, cause there also might be tags that, uh, are, you know, I could draw a hundred percent. I could go hunt elk in Colorado, for example, but I don't want to necessarily, uh, but just starting to divide that process, you know, and then of the tags that aren't a hundred percent draw, you know, what, which ones of those do I still want to be more aggressive with? Those are typically, uh, the premium tags, really high quality stuff, right? Arizona deer, for example, you know, I'm always going to be applying. It seems like for those top tier, you know, Arizona strip or Kaibab hunts, one of those handful, half a dozen that they have, uh, or whatever they have. And but I have no chance really like I have no chance. And so, you know, those are tags that I, I have a 0.1% chance of actually drawing, but I'm, I'm very aggressively putting my name in the hat and would love to actually sneak one. 
So that would be another bucket. Um, the last major bucket, you know, which hunts and apps, uh, am I going to apply for points only? Like I mentioned, right. Cause that, that eliminates, honestly eliminates quite a big handful. Um, again, Colorado, everything but deer. Well, I would take a moose. I would take obviously sheep tags and stuff like that. Like bite, uh, mountain goats, but like elk and antelope and Colorado, I don't think the quality's super outstanding or you have to have so many points to, you know, get a good, good, good elk tag anyway in Colorado that I'm like, I'm in no man's land and I know it. And so I'm just, I'm not even interested in putting in an app. It's pointless or whatever. Um, so, you know, those, anyway, those general buckets allow me to, you know, just basically divide and conquer. So I'm not, I don't become overwhelmed to begin with, um, you know, or, or more importantly, kind of end up applying for something on a whim that I don't really want to hunt. Cause that'll happen. Right. What, what happens with me sometimes that I have to watch is, you know, I will get excited about drawing tags and the, the thrill of drawing tags and I'll get researching something or I'll get researching a state. And then next thing you know, I'm like, you know what? I do need to be put in for, you know, something kind of off the cuff, weird, you know, the odd ad in New Mexico. Right. And I've, and that's something that I've even done, but is it something where, you know, now that I live in Wyoming and like, I'm, you know, and I've got, maybe three, four other tags in a certain year that I might, might draw. Is that really something that I need to be putting my name in the hat? You know, cause those aren't terrible odds. I think 20 to 40% or something like that off the top of my head. Is that really something that I need to be applying for? Like, you know, probably not. So that keeps me from putting in for something that I don't necessarily need to be putting in for before I get all worked up and excited about it. Um. I have, I have quite a few points across, you know, bonus points, preference points. Uh, I know I've got points one form or another in Arizona, Colorado, uh, Montana, Nevada, Utah, Wyoming for various species, uh, just depending. Um, and then I apply, like I almost always apply in New Mexico and Idaho to some level, uh, every year, even though they don't have a point system. So, uh, you know, those are the states right there that I basically apply for every year, one species or another. And so let's, let's go through that bank right there. That's kind of where I'm going to live on this podcast. So, uh, Arizona, Arizona to me is, uh, like I mentioned or hinted at, it's a must apply for at least for deer and elk antelope even though it's a long shot and obviously sheep uh big long shot so but it's it's a must apply for uh since i'm required to buy their hunting license every year up front in order to apply for one thing it's kind of a no-brainer like apply for everything kind of a state right 15 extra bucks or whatever it is uh deer wise i apply for the best mule deer hunts New Mexico mule deer is generally down. It's not what it, you know, there was a couple core units, uh, the 2B, 2C, 5 maybe, or something like that up there, you know, bordering the Hickory basically. And as far, but as far as public land 
you know unit options go it's it's generally down um not gonna stop me from applying for mule deer i have well, you know a couple handful of good friends down there not that they you know will hand me anything but but you know they they would point me in the right direction usually so it's it's not complete waste of my time or it wouldn't be the worst thing to have a tag in some of those units but generally the deer's down uh sorry i got i i jumped tracks over to new mexico in my head um for some reason to scratch all that we're talking arizona arizona is arizona right it's 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 like i said before it's you know i'm gonna apply for the best uh rifle hunts uh mix up my elk applications in arizona you know it can be i don't know usually it's you know some form of a rifle they do have you know some good archery hunts in the rut but i'm usually committed elsewhere during september's and so it's it's usually either a a rifle that's in you know october or november or maybe december or like you know a late archery elk maybe i would do or something like that um so i i mix those up but i apply every year and then just the best overall best antelope rifle uh antelope tags because again if i go i want to kill i want to be hunting you know especially antelope i want to be killing a monster and and i don't you know i'm usually with my rifle i'm not gonna spend a week spot and stalking antelope down in arizona with my bow uh you know just the just the distance alone right keeps it keeps my eyes on basically only the best units with the or the you know the best units for each species in general down there um sheep obviously i apply for whatever i can get my hands on though that might be the exception because even those are long shots and and it'll vary some years i whatever i you know for no rhyme or reason one year in arizona i may apply for the best sheep units historically in the state and the next time i'd apply for the the long shot you know hey you know it's not the best unit but you could it could be a sleeper and you might find a big sheep and i might apply for that it just no rhyme or reason really i'm just making sure i have my name in the hat um <laughs> that all being said i i never i literally never plan on drawing mule deer antelope or sheep i am getting a handful of elk points in arizona and and i could draw an arizona elk tag so i probably do need to cash that uh elk tag out relatively soon i think because you know i'm i'm at the point where i could get a pretty pretty good tag uh kill a big bull so all right that's arizona (laughs) not new mexico arizona colorado uh again colorado for me must apply for for mule deer try to hunt it as often as i possibly can in years past recent years past that's been in in the leftovers um it hasn't been the wasn't this year but um i just i think colorado is too cheap to apply for uh for the other species too and and not at least gain points so i bank points for everything else um you know because colorado's on a preference point system i i can basically decide i can decide when and if i'm going to draw each year and that's that's nice, right? It's nice. It's a nice mix across the West. You've heard me talk about that. Um, you know, I had, like I said, I try to hunt mule deer as often as I, as reasonably possible, uh, whether it's in the draw or, or 
snatching up, you know, leftover tags in some random units that I've done in the past. And, and I'll just probably continue to bank my points for the elk and the antelope. You know, if I hunt, if I hunt elk one time in Colorado now, that will be fine with me. If, if that's what it takes to go hunt the biggest bulls in the state, um, I'm just, you know, I'm not desperate enough for an opportunity elk hunt, especially living in Wyoming where I can go get, you know, a general elk tag that's arguably as good as, you know, half of the draw tags in Colorado probably. And if I wanted to and go be hunting decent sized bulls. So, um, I also, I have the minimum points that you need to be considered for like the moose, sheep and goat, I think. And I'll, I'll, I'm sure I'll just have an app in those. What I don't do anymore, I don't think I'm going to keep buying the weighted bonus points. I think I have a plus one on maybe moose or something, maybe sheep. I can't remember. But anyway, you talk to a lot of the guys and look at the statistics and those weighted points don't do a ton for you. And there's plenty of people that draw with just the minimum. It seems like, you know, three or three plus one. So that's kind of where I'm at. And I'll just maybe save the the money and continue to apply with the minimum. So uh, that's Colorado, Montana. So Montana right off for me, it's like, it's the king of, of Rocky Mountain bighorns still. And so I will just keep applying and build points for sheep in Montana um, in the basically the best trophy sheep units. I'm not trying to shortchange myself there and sneak a tag in a crap unit if i wanted to do that i would jump in and hunt those over the you know the over the counter uh you know unlimited sheep tags and so i'm i'm looking for a premium sheep a premium experience and you know if i don't ever draw it so be it um but looking looking for the best in montana for sheep but I'll, and I will apply every year. Um, I'm not, I'm, honestly, that's about it. I'm not a fan of building points uh, or starting to build points for anything else in Montana. I know they have mule deer tags in the rut. I know there's a lot of elk in Montana and some big bulls too. Uh, but, and I even live extremely close to Montana. So the, the argument that I used to have is that it's so far away and that's not even valid anymore. Um, I just, I just don't see Montana as a true, a true trophy mule deer state. Um, you know, as much as I love the idea of hunting deer in the rut and I should probably consider it for that reason alone, I just, I don't know. And maybe it's just because I've never actually hunted it and I have this, you know, I've probably put some picture in my head that's not completely true, but. I feel like a guy randomly could do more damage on a quote-unquote rut dates on a third, even a second season rifle tag in Colorado on the right year and 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 have a better chance at a true big buck, you know, talking, you know, looking for 180, 190 type bucks. But Montana guys, if I'm wrong, let me know. <laughs> I'll gladly come up and hunt your deer. But that's just kind of where I've fallen. And it's a weird, also, it's expensive and it, and frankly, their system pisses me off. Um, you know, I don't even think they can explain it to you completely, but it's like you have to, you know, there's bonus point and a preference point. And there's this, the, you know, the bonus points for the 
draw tag and the preference pointer, I'm probably getting it mixed up because I don't even care, but um, it's just, it's a screwy system the way they make you apply or, you know, how can you have better odds when you don't have a point for something? And it's just, it's just weird when you jump in. So, um, yeah, that's where I'm at on, on Colorado. I'll just keep praying that they give me one of their sheep tags. All right. Actually, New Mexico now. <laughs> It's a state with no bonus points. Um, I use it, obviously, that and uh, and Idaho kind of as my variable, you know, applications every year. Um, I'll always apply, it seems like, in New Mexico, but the species and how aggressively I apply kind of differs from year to year. Uh, Not being committed to building points is kind of what allows that flexibility, right? Um, You know, just, just like Idaho, you can... You can literally, you know, this year I want to apply aggressively here and then next year back off and not, not even apply or the next year go after, you know, you know, the best unit in the state. The next year get aggressive and try to sneak a tag in a, you know, a, with a 50% chance of drawn or whatever fits your schedule that year or what you're looking for. Um, you know, I, I wish, the only thing I wish is that those states we're also like in a perfect world, we would have all these like Nevadas and Arizonas and, you know, Utahs that are all these hard to draw bonus point, not always sure when you're going to get a tag or if you're going to get a tags first. Like if we could just apply for all of those type of hunts, January one, I'd have my apps in January one. And then if we knew by like, say March 15th, and then it was like a like a second draw. There's like a first Western draw and a second Western draw. I think I'm onto something here. And the second Western draw is all these kind of oddball states that are variable applications anyway. You know, New Mexico and Idaho, where you don't have a clue uh, when or if you're ever going to draw. Or, you know, it, there's no preference uh, tipping point or anything. And it would be nice if those were after, but they're not. And so you kind of you know, you just kind of have to keep a pulse on where you're at for the year and, and what this year could and could not end up being based on all the other points and applications that you're going to submit and just, you know, apply accordingly. If in doubt, I always go more aggressive, uh, meaning for me, more aggressive, uh, probably doesn't mean what it sounds like for me, more aggressive is like after the best units, um, so I guess that's less aggressive. I don't know. But I, I typically, with, with states like Idaho and New Mexico, um, when I put an app in, it's for the hardest to draw, absolute best, because it's variable, because I have no idea if I'm actually going to draw, uh, and chances are that I won't. I want it to be like, I want it to be premium. Like, man, you know, I didn't see this coming, and I have three other big tags, but I accidentally, you know, the the four percent chance of drawing a tag in elk tag in new mexico let's say um i want it to be premium so that it's like okay you know if i'm gonna squeeze in one more tag it's gonna be for a good reason so anyway um you know but that that allows that flexibility not being tied to points so uh new mexico elk are probably you know their elk tags are probably top of my list uh, you know, one, like I said, one day I hope to have a real premium elk tag there. Um, I have had the one deer tag in a, in a formerly 
famous, you know, quote unquote famous unit on good dates and didn't materialize into anything really. So just shows you how it can really go. But, um, you know, I still will apply for those top deer units, probably along with the best antelope hunts, you know, then they have these oddball exotics, right? Ibex and Oryx and Odd It just varies, you know, some years late, like last year, I don't think I applied very heavily for any of those, maybe the Ibex. Cause it's, you know, it's really rare and unique. Um, but you know, Oryx, I don't think I actually put an app in. I don't think I put an audit in. Um, so just, just depends. I don't know where I'll fall this year. Likely the way it's lining up and, 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 and as I get more points for the things that I'm really serious about, you know, deer and elk, actually, then I'll probably be less aggressive. In other words, I'll, I'll maybe not apply for audit for, you know, a while or something just because again, I'm not, it's not like I'm missing a point there that you can't get. So, uh, and then I apply for the, you know, deserts and Rockies every year down there and, and usually same deal, relatively premium tags or, or not. Right. I, again, I, I've gotten aggressive down there and I'll, I'll go through and look for, you know, units that are, uh, heavy, you know, back country where I might have an advantage with horses or llamas or something that, you know, might steer some guys away. And it, it, the odds are what they are. It's not like you're sneaking a sleeper, um, or anything in, you know, on a sheep tag, but, but when you look at the odds, sometimes those odds are a little better. And more importantly, that would just be, a, I want to make sure it's a hunt that I would really enjoy. And I would really like a, you know, a true backcountry, you know, rocky or desert type hunt. So, uh, Nevada, you know, Nevada's my original home state. It's, uh, I'll apply in Nevada every year, probably until the day I die, whether I live there or not. Uh, most of the, you know, quality tags are extreme long shots. But if you draw, it's going to be an extremely good experience too. Uh, and I've had plenty of tags over the years, various tags in Nevada. And, and I, I honestly, I can't think of a, I mean, some of the, you know, the kind of mid-tier bow hunts we were going on, you know, like up in the rubies and stuff were, were just that. They were mid-tier. They were not, you know, anything to write home about, but the, you know, that was just more the experience and the country that we were in was awesome. But, um, you know, other than that, like any of those real draw tags in the other places I've hunted down there, never disappointed. Um, again, I'll, I'll apply for everything across the board and just, you know, again, I never, I almost never plan on drawing deer, deer. You can start put tipping the scale on the deer points, you know, six, eight, 10 points. Some, sometimes depending on what you're, what you're willing to apply for. Um, but most of the time I'm after the premium hunts and the premium units and the better tags and that. So I'm not really planning on drawing. So. All right, Utah, uh, and then Wyoming, and we'll be done. Utah, for me, uh, I apply for every year. It's relatively low cost uh, structure, and so again, once you buy the hunting license, it might be the cheapest. You know, just generally the cheapest per amount of species that you get. But once you buy the hunting license, it may only makes sense to keep applying for anything and everything that you might want to hunt eventually, even if it's not 
you know, something on your radar right now, you know, whatever mountain goat, right. You have no interest in hunting mountain goat. Um, well, in 20 years, you never know. And maybe in 20 years you retire and you move to St. George because you know, you're an old retired guy and you want to go golf all the time, but you still hunt. And now you're, you're moving to St. George with your wife because you retired and you have a bunch of sheep, uh, mountain goat points. <laughs> I don't know, but that's how I always look at points is it's just, it's never a bad idea. So, um, yeah, th- those once in a lifetimes, that being said, like they're, they're almost impossible to draw. Um, and even the premium, like limited entry and, uh, deer and elk tags also, but you know, the general deer tags, uh, relatively good chance of drawing every, I don't know, you know, depending on what you're after three to eight years, some even less, right. For the pre, some of the just mid tier, you know, if you're, if you're relatively close to Utah or definitely if you're living there, a lot of you are that listen to this, you know, obviously you understand your general limited entry tags, but, um, you know, I'd be, I'd be trying to hunt the general Utah is almost a mini Colorado, right? It, it seems like, um, almost any given unit, especially on the right years can pop out a couple of big, big bucks. Right. And so, you know, it's just one of those States that you would like to be hunting deer, I think as often as, as reasonably possible, depending on your circumstances, if you're a mule deer guy. So, um, and they even have randoms, right? They, the way that their tag application structure is, is set up. There's even a lot of times there'll be random tags, um, you know, that aren't tied to their preference point 50, you know, the 50% of the tags go to the preference 50% might go to the the random and so you you still have a chance it's not like Colorado that's pure preference 100% so anything can happen in Utah and sometimes it does so that's where I'm at um you know I it's it's a state that I know really well and so I typically uh am applying for the actual tags I uh maybe like antelope or some of the oddball ones I might not actually put an app in for the hunt and just do bonus points only but most of the most of the stuff i'm actually putting in an app in the draw so uh okay and then wyoming uh obviously it's my current home state and so i buy the general deer and elk tag over the counter uh even even before uh i was a actual cowboy state resident um i was buying and applying for deer elk antelope and uh moose in wyoming looking back i wish i had started applying for the sheep instead now that especially now that i'm a resident see how that works with uh with bonus points like frick you just never you never wish you had less (laughs) um you know on the with the current changes to the non-resident percentage though like I, I'm not sure I can say that I would jump into those, uh, moose, sheep and goat bison draws, but the elk, uh, elk, deer and antelope, I still think there must apply for, even though they're on, you know, the deer on a down cycle or whatever, but, um, you know, Wyoming deer and antelope are hurting. The elk seem to be flourishing. Um, but that, that can change within a year or two. Um, so again, it's, it's not 
you know, it's not something that you take, you know, I'm not going to build a bonus point for Wyoming deer because they're down. I don't think, um, the potential's there and if they get it backed and it'll be, it'll be just fine. So, um, it's, it's always best to have in worst case, it's always best to have points built up so that you can strike, um, when things kind of get lined back up. So that's how I look at Wyoming specifically and all the states in general that I apply for. I don't mess with Oregon. I don't, and maybe I should for like the sheep or maybe build points for deer and take my own advice and just build points for deer just in case, you know, something ever changes. But, you know, when you're strung out as much as I just explained, I mean, that's, that's a hefty amount of apps <laughs> right there. And so it kind of ends up being what it is. Uh, I don't do anything in Washington. I definitely don't do anything in California. No offense. And yeah, everything else though, I've got an app in one way or another. So that's it. That's 2024 Western state that I utilize Western state breakdown, um, kind of how and what I'm looking at or what I apply for. Um, hopefully that helps put some ideas in your head or maybe you switch around what you're kind of doing or whatever. Um, and maybe not, but that's what I do. And I'm going to try to go through a little bit more of an individual state and application breakdown this year as we go through, not just that uh, holistic overview. So, all right, guys, thank you for listening. Let's catch you on the next one. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Finding Backcountry podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe and mention it to your friends. But the best thing you can do leave a rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. For notes and links to this and other episodes, please visit findingbackcountry.com.